NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. day here of Bet the Edge on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. I'm Sarah Perlman, of course, joined by my good friend per usual. That is Drew Dinsick. And on today's episode, we have Nick Costas. He's going to join us to handicap game four of the NBA Finals now that Boston has taken a two-to-one series lead. We're also going to get into some 49ers futures. Um, we'll see how that plays out now that they have their mandatory minicamp going on. Tons of insight coming out of San Francisco. And also, we have the Belmont Stakes on Saturday. So you know we're bringing on our guy, Matt Vermeer, to talk about some horses he's monitoring this week, and he'll even sprinkle a little hockey talk with us. And, of course, we have our edge of the day and a lot more coming up here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Top of the morning to the Celtics fans out there, including the very own Drew Dinsick. What's going on? Oh, it was a fun game last night. A lot of points scored, especially by the good guys. But you know what? I fell into a trap after game one of confirmation bias. Uh, Celtics win game one after a phenomenal fourth quarter, but there were cracks. There were pretty clearly obvious things that were not great about that game one. And I, I looked past them just expecting that the Celtics might, might sweep, uh, not falling into that trap again. There were parts about that game that were concerning, uh, realistically, uh, Celtics, ha- you know, getting an 18 point lead in the first half. That's a positive surely. But, like, it should have been more. Really? It should have been more. The missed free throws were brutal. The, some turnovers there that were, like, middle of November, you know, type of basketball as opposed to, like, the NBA They cleaned finals. it up in the fourth quarter for sure, but with a lead. I'll tell you what, though. Mm-hmm. If they didn't get some very hard-fought offensive rebounds in that second half, they'd probably lose that game. Uh, and offensive rebounds, it's an effort thing. It's a little fluky, and that's an easy thing for the you know for the Warriors to kind of rein in. I think Game Four is going to be a nail biter. I am going to be sweating it, and of course, it's on. I look the forward to it's, hearing later in a little bit where you're going with Game Four because we're gonna. Oh, yeah, and of course, it's on. Yeah. It's on a foolishness Friday, so oh I'm, no, I'm especially stressed about if Game. People four. don't know what foolishness means. It's a different <laughs> word that we don't use, but we use foolishness to hide what we're really saying and that's what friday normally does me winning on a friday rarely happens which sucks but then i have the weekend to just forget about hopefully this friday is different real quick last night 60 percent of the spread handle on the celtics over at points bet but 74 percent of the money line handle was on the warriors celtics win as you said 116 to 100 the over cash regardless where you got involved thank you for the over coming home um, and obviously Celtics cover Celtics are now 13 and two straight up in the postseason when they turn the ball over. I saw this 14 
or fewer times. So yes, they turned the ball over, but 12 last night. They win game three. Let's welcome in Nick Costas now to talk about a little bit about last night and, of course, game four. It sounds to me like Drew's a little hesitant to lay the floor with the Celtics at home. We'll find out. But, Nick, what were you on last night and now? How are you looking to attack both the series and game four in Boston? I mentioned Celtics laying four and the total 214 and a half little adjustment there. Well, last night was awesome. Had, had the Celtics last night. Um, had some various bets on the Celtics to win the series, both plays before the series started. And then uh, yesterday, when I got like, I think minus 110 um, on the Celtics to win the series, uh, laid the three and a half. So uh, a really, really good night. Um, I'm a little surprised that that my guy Whale is is not more bullish on the Celtics tomorrow night um, in game number four. And it's I don't making know, like, me nervous. Yeah, like I, 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 I kind of understand. Like it's the Warriors, and like they're not. I like you believe they're dead when they're actually dead. I don't know. Like what's, <laughs> what do, like what card do, do the Warriors still have to play here against the Celtics? Like what's the adjustment? Like what can they do? I kind of feel like they've been solved, and it's like okay, like let's dust off Jonathan Kaminga and bring him in. Like that's that's the answer to win the NBA Finals is Jonathan Kaminga, like Moses Moody. This team's got no athleticism. I mean, Clay Thompson can barely, had a great game last night. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, can barely walk. Draymond Green, say, I, 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 I've had it with Draymond. Completely oh, insufferable, yeah. played terribly last night. Worry, too, more, too worried about his podcast, not worried enough about basketball. He was brutal last night. Steph's the greatest shooter, shooter ever, but he doesn't have his athleticism anymore. Boston's just physically dominant here. And if Time Lord is going to be what he was last night, and like they don't have to play Daniel Tice if Time Lord's going to be Time Lord. Like, what's the case for Golden State here? I, I don't think Boston will win the series in five. I think Boston wins and covers tomorrow night. I think Golden State gets one at home in game five. Boston closes them out in six. I think the series is D-U-N done. The Warriors are D-E-D dead. <laughs> Give me the Boston Celtics here, man. Drew. We got to get you back on track and, and optimistic here about our Celtics. I feel fired up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, same as well. Yeah, but uh, I guess the, 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 the holes I can poke in this are not not obvious glaring holes obviously but uh, you know is Robert Williams going to be as effective on a quick turnaround considering how limited he's been with his injuries throughout this uh, you know last couple of weeks it looked that's, healthy last night like sure. that's, he did. I, was surpri- I was surprised by that he, I wasn't expecting that he did but I'll be completely honest with you I was expecting in every other game kind of like him available and able to do his roles and responsibilities every other game kind of thing and so if he's a no-show in game four or can't get make you know can't play those minutes in game four I'm not going to be surprised and honestly in the back of my head I'm less worried about the Warriors finding a way to beat the Celtics than I am about the Celtics finding a way to beat themselves like at times like that team just completely uh you know loses its head and you know and I'm you know I'm referencing the turnovers like Marcus Smart ultimately his stat line was impressive in game three guy guy filled it up offensively in a way that you don't normally see um but he had some absolutely brain dead turnovers uh and honestly like if it's a closer game and you're and you are making those turnovers and steph is seeing the rim you know seeing his shot as well as he is right now uh i think it's just going to be a little bit more of a sweat ultimately i do think the celtics win game four i have a ticket on them to you know celtics in five that i'm still very fingers crossed we have an opportunity to um you know collect a little equity in that because it was an absolutely absurd price but um you know i think laying the four for game number four uh, is going to be uh, quite a sweat. Okay, so I am going to... Can I, can I ask this little... question? I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Like, like, shouldn't, the, shouldn't the Celtics be bigger favorites? I make them five, but, you know, a one-point I edge? I kind of think they should be six. You think six? Okay. 
That's, that's we'll bullish. see where this number lands because points bet did give us the, the ticket notes now who's betting into this game for game four with Celtics laying four and a lot of money 85% of the spread handle coming in on the Boston Celtics for game four also most of the money coming in on that over 214 and a half points Steph Curry has led the the, the, the series in all scoring 34 points 29 points 31 points. He's the second favorite for MVP now that the Celtics have taken the lead. Jason Tatum is the favorite. I have a ticket on Jalen Brown. Right now, I think he's plus 350. I'll start with you, Nick. Who do you like to win the series uh, MVP right now? I mean, it, it seems like it could be Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown if you like the Celtics, and that's where I lead. But is there that much of a difference in your opinion with Jason Tatum being the favorite? I do think that Tatum should be, should be the clear favorite here. He is the clear favorite, and I think, like, but if Boston's going to win the series, Tatum's going to have to be the best player. Like, if Jalen Brown's the best player for the Celtics for the rest of the series, Golden State's going to win the championship. And Curry's going to win MVP. So, my personal opinion there, I, I saw Drew shaking his head. Maybe he disagrees there. But I, I wouldn't go anywhere else other than Jason Tatum. I'm only shaking my head because I don't really want to do the thought exercise of the Warriors winning the series. Um, <laughs> but the uh, You're very no. superstitious. We have no cosmic impact over what happens with anything. There is, ex happens, there is extremely happen. superstitious. Like if I say something and I'm like, oh, I see his eyes rolling, I'm knocking on wood and you can hear it. <laughs> and Drew's like, too smart for this, man. Drew, you're too like mathematically inclined to be worried about this kind of BS, man. It's nonsense. Mystique and Aura, dancers at a nightclub. Don't worry about it. I am, but at, at the same time, it's too easy to get caught up in recency bias when you're watching a playoff series like this. And while game three was like, like frankly, like a 16 point win, considering how much better they played ultimately over the balance of four quarters, didn't feel like enough. And I know that they, everybody pulled their punches, you know, as it was completely decided in the last four or five minutes there. But um, you know, really like that there, there are the, the fact that they needed so many key offensive rebounds, particularly in that kind of end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter stretch there. Um, and they got them uh, and a good team gets those rebounds. Uh, it still is like, you know, I don't like relying on stuff that feels a little bit fluky, a little bit lucky as we uh, uh, as we mature into this series here. But I will say this. Steph Curry is carrying way too much of the offensive load for this team, and he is showing signs of wearing down. And we have kind of, I like one of the kind of key reasons to get involved with the Celtics as a series price early in the series was because that was going to happen. Like it's just too much to ask him to play as much as he is and carry as much of the offensive load uh, against a team like the Celtics that have such a switchable defense. So, um, you know, here we are, and I would expect that even if the Warriors do level this at 2 2. Uh, I, I'm still with Nick that this ends in six with, you know, Celtics winning games five and six. But, um, you know, I'm I, I'm happy with my positions, but I'm cautiously optimistic. OK, looking at the line movement now over at points bet and where game four is currently looking at them laying four points open dot three. We will see where this lands before tip off. But I do want to shift gears here, Nick, and get your opinion on some NFL futures getting close to that time of year again. We're in June and a team that's obviously having a lot of noise on and per usual on the national television just because they're mandatory minicamp San Francisco 49ers right now looking at their win total it's set at 10 and a half the over is plus 115 the under minus 150 to make the playoffs yes big favorites minus 200 no plus 165 let's get into this team Kyle Shanahan Jimmy G what are you making of Devo Samuel and overall how to attack the San Francisco 49ers for the upcoming season 
I think our best case scenario is betters here for the San Francisco 49ers this season is if they trade Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance is bad in the preseason and we can bet unders and they don't have kind of like, they don't have like the, 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 uh, like the, the net underneath them there, Jimmy Garoppolo to save things in case things go poorly. Like, you know, we actually talked about the Niners yesterday on you better, you bet. And Ken and I, I think had a, my co-host Ken Barkley and I, I think a pretty good conversation on it. Cause I think there's a case to be made. And I've had this thought process before where, well, you know, Jimmy G stinks and the Niners still almost went to the Super Bowl last year. Could have won the Super Bowl if they got there would have been favored obviously against the Bengals had they gotten to the Super Bowl but like the actual underlying stats for the 49ers yards per attempt explosive pass plays like that's there with with Jimmy Garoppolo so it's like I think we need Trey Lance to be good in order for San Francisco to to kind of get to this win total here like if they're going to be 10 and a half in the market like Trey Lance has got to be good like for all his foibles Jimmy Garoppolo got the job done last year like I don't think he's very good I, I guess you don't need to be great in this offense but Trey Lance was not great last year like Trey Lance was bad last year and that's not to say that he can't improve or be awesome this year and I think there's certainly a bull case to be made on the Niners where if Lance is awesome you know they probably are the best team in the division and a bad NFC will be a top seed and could potentially go to and win the Super Bowl if Lance is awesome but I think that's kind of like maybe getting ahead of ourselves a little bit with the expectation that that is definitely what Lance is going to be so maybe we get to the preseason and Lance looks amazing and we see him in game action and he looks great and we get really bullish on the Niners I guess like until that happens I would be reticent to kind of make bets assuming that the Niners are going to be this awesome team I'm also not looking to fade them right now I guess I I need more information here I need to see what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo I think the smart money is still that Garoppolo is not on the roster as we uh as we head into training camp next month like it's just like Lance is the guy like what's the point of having Garoppolo around so I think we'll see Garoppolo dealt they would be nuts to trade Debo Samuel although I guess it's possible so I think we can kind of like project the Niners as Trey Lance starting quarterback week one on the road at the Bears Debo Samuel on the roster and Jimmy Garoppolo somewhere else maybe the Carolina Panthers will see yeah and for those reasons and question marks surrounding that team wait before you bet this team Nick's right Jimmy G gosh that's not very nice Kenny Ducey <laughs> in. not saying nice words Basuda let me uh, just add one thing on the Jimmy G uh, kind of keep in mind that the last three games you saw him play he was dealing with a separated shoulder and a broken thumb or, you know, a thumb that needed surgery and a shoulder that needed surgery. And so to the degree that recency or remembering him not throwing the ball especially well is in shading some of the public perception on Jimmy. Oh, he's not good. So um, come on. Come I'm not saying he's good, but I'm saying what he did in that offense. And you can say, well, the credit should go to Debo Samuel. The credit should go to Shanahan. The credit should go to you name it. Um, you know, he's not asked to do much or he's asked to do good things like and he can accomplish, you know, the, the bare minimum. But like it didn't like it was a good marriage, like ultimately, like I all agree. the pieces did do good, positive things together. And like, honestly, I got to give you uh, less than a 50 50 shot that Trey Lance can be good this year. Like, I, I agree. There's just not there's not that many players that come in with as little experience as he has and as few reps as he has, particularly at the collegiate level, at a competitive collegiate level, for that matter. Uh, you know, guy played you know at uh, North Dakota State for crying out loud and played you know a sparing amount of games. Um, there's going to be a learning curve. There always is, and mm -hmm. he did look bad last year. Period. Uh, and I think uh, realistically. If the Niners do well this year, it's because their defense is so talented and the defense carries this team um, and, you know, allows Trey Lance to kind of grow into the role. Um, but I got to tell you, if 10 and a half is an enormous number 
and uh, you know, expecting that the defense can win you 11 games in today's NFL is a tall ask. So. It's assuming that he's as good as like the other quarterbacks or like yeah. he's as competent as like the other quarterbacks that have double digit win totals. I'd like to amend what I said earlier. Like I said, the best case <laughs> scenario for betters would be like Lance is bad in the preseason and we can bet unders and Garoppolo's not there. Mm-hmm. Another great scenario would be Lance is awesome. In awesome. The That's where I'm at. <laughs> right. And then we bet Niners unders after that here. So I or think not even bet unders, just like just every, all first four weeks go against them against them against them they're going to be huge favorite they they have a soft opening schedule you know it's going to be, be brutal man if we can get like seven <laughs> if we get seven or seven and a half with the bears in week one like it's oh, going to be a bet i'm going to hate to make that bet but it's, it's going to be absolutely disgusting to make that bet and i'm not tailing you on that as much as i will be tempted oh it's going to win imagine the gonna win if we get it hey jimmy garoppolo by yeah. the way 31 and 14 as uh, in his career as a starter with the san francisco 49ers we'll see how trey lance can fill those shoes depending what happens but nick i know <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm not, you know, eh, somebody out there is going to talk themselves into laying a touchdown with Trey Lance on the road in week one. And I am I'm not there for that. Not, not me. me. No, okay, Nick, you're, you're a bit, Nick's a busy guy. He has his own show to get ready for. I do want to ask you about the New England Patriots before we let you go. Uh, I'm looking at their win total over at points by eight and a half wins. Over is juice minus 115, under minus 105, plus 160 to make the playoffs. What do you think about another year with Mac Jones, this coaching staff? They went 10 and 7 last year, and of course in the AFC East. I'll take a stand here on the Patriots a little bit. I feel like everyone kind of thinks they're going to stink this year when like, I will actually use the word literally correctly here because a lot of people will misuse the word literally. The New England Patriots, the New England Patriots literally played in a playoff game this calendar year. That is, and look, they got annihilated, like a vaporized off the face. It is a fact, game, But they played in a playoff game this year. They went to the playoffs last year with a rookie quarterback and Mac Jones. Jones is heading into year two. And people are like, oh, well, the Dolphins have the sexy roster with fantasy football players, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Also, the quarterback's bad. Who is not good? Like, you, people really, like, people are going to take the Dolphins to finish with a better record than the Patriots this year. Well, Mac Jones was awesome last year as a rookie. And they go, oh, well, Matt Patricia's going to call the plays. Like, yo, do I trust more? Some, some some schmuck keyboard warrior, some curtain jerking jabroni out there that wants to go against Bill Belichick. What Bill Belichick thinks, think Matt, if Bill Belichick thinks Matt Patricia can call plays on offense, you know what? That is good enough for me. I'm sure it's going to be fine. It's like, what does the offense really need to be? Hand off left to Damian Harris. Right to Damian Harris. Here's a little Ramondre Stevenson. James White dump off in the backfield. A little tight ends, a little Jacoby Myers, and boom. The defense is going to do what the defense does. You got the greatest coach ever. I'm not saying they're going to be better than Buffalo. Like, I think on average, the Bills have a better regular season than they do. But some of these Patriots prices are, like, I, I think they're crazy. And the Patriots, as a three, two-and-a-half-point dog in Miami in week one, should be favored in the game. At the worst, it should be a pick So I feel like I'm on, like, Patriot Island here. I think Ken agrees with me, my co-host, Ken Barkley. Um, it's not that I think they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything like that, although I wouldn't be shocked if they did. Just that I think, like, collectively, everyone is sleeping on the Patriots heading into the year. Too much love for Tua Tungavailoa, not enough love for Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, in my estimation. I could side with that. I think people have an, a weird taste in their mouth with the lack of attempts Mac Jones had in some games and that blowout loss. People think, oh, there's there's no way. I have a little bit more love for the Dolphins than you do, certainly, but it's not even a knock on Mac Jones and the Patriots. It's more like the Bills are by far and large, and then who's the second team? It's a toss-up. But yeah. Yeah. Plus, if uh, Mac Jones is a top-ten quarterback this year, it's going to make losing offensive rookie of the year that much saltier. You know. Maybe that's why we're so disgusted <laughs> when we talk about you agree, that. Drew, you, do you agree with me on that? Like Patriots over Dolphins? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I think two is. I think two is bad. I'm on the island. Of course, he's bad. It doesn't mean it doesn't it doesn't mean that they can't win just on the basis of talent and get enough wins to be in the mix come the end of the season. But uh, Patriots at eight and a half is a little bit uh, disrespectful considering the talent on that roster and the coaching. What is really happy we're talking about the NFL season at this point? That's all I have to say. Uh, What What do you make week one? Uh, I would have it at at, uh, under three certainly. I mean, like, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm basically, I would have it as a juiced pick them. I may, may make a hmm. uh, Dolphins about minus 118 ish on the money line. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think it should be a pick them at worst. Maybe Patriots minus one. I can't <laughs> wait to that Patriots. That pa- Patriots teasers are just the absolute nuts. All right. We got the Bears. We got the Bears and the Patriots for week one on Nick's card. We know that. And much. the Giants. I'll Don't tell you what. My, my if, you put, if, if you put New England at Miami in the middle of the season instead of in the heat and humidity at the early part of the season, now I'm at a pick them. But I do think you got to give some credit to Miami and the home court, you know, the home field advantage, just because of the yeah. absolute, you know, they they put the uh, they put the visiting team in the direct sun in Hard Rock. It's just a it's a miserable way to play, uh, and I think uh, that that may have some impact on the game. Well, I look like, forward like to discussing week one week one lines even more, and especially with you, Nick. Nick is on Twitter at the Costas. Check him out. Obviously, with Ken Barkley, as he mentioned, amazing show. You better you bet. Weekdays three to seven p.m. Eastern. Nick, thank you very much. I feel like I need to turn my New York card in here, though my love for the Celtics and the Patriots. Appreciate it, guys. Wishing you and all your great viewers minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. Next time I got asked Nick about all those tattoos, I just found out he had all of those <laughs> on his arm. That's a discussion for another day. NetCredit is here to say yes because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com/partners. NetCredit, credit to the people. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari, starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. What do you want from your sports book? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sports book partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts all in a fast and reliable sports book. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania, 
Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited must be 21 plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York, www.pointsbet.com slash terms dash and dash conditions. Hey, reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in the NBA playoffs on the PGA Tour and NASCAR circuit. And today, we are offering a special Battle of the Bets contest where you can tail or fade our champion now, Trent Ataya, a.k.a. Book It With Trent, or Challenger Matt Rainier for a chance to win. You could find that on the Battle of the Bets section. We now have Matt Bernier, who will be on Battle of the Bets, taking on Trent Natalia, joining the show. And let's start with Belmont Stakes, Matt. Um, Rich Strike, I feel like I haven't talked about him enough since, of course, Churchill Downs. He's 7-2 on the morning line. Skip Preakness, now we see him in Belmont Stakes. What's the right way to attack him if we do at all coming up for this Saturday? Ooh, Matt's muted. Matt, you're muted? <laughs> see, here I was trying to make sure that I wasn't going to be breathing heavy into the microphone when we had other people on. Rookie, rookie error. Uh, look, Rich Strike should have been 300 to 1 in the Derby. He went off at 80 to 1. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to be a fraction of that price on Saturday in the Belmont. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes in actually as one of the fastest horses. Now, the concern with Rich Strike, if you do like him for whatever reason, is his running style. Uh, the Belmont is typically a race that goes to horses that can be forwardly placed. Uh, he's not one that at any point in his career has shown that he can really be all that close to the front end. He typically does his running from the back. There doesn't seem to be much speed to help set things up for him on Saturday. There could be a wet track that he's never encountered in his career before. There are a number of things going against him, but again, at the same time, he is one of the fastest horses based on buyer speed figures entering this race with the one-on-one he earned in the Derby. He did have a perfect setup that day in Louisville, but I mean, to be honest, he ran. He ran a really good race. I don't know where it came from. I'm not expecting it on Saturday, but will it stun me against a, let's call it mediocre group of horses here? Uh, no, it wouldn't shock me if he ended up winning this thing. Hmm. I count me against the favorite. I count me against Rich Strike here in general. I, I, I just, he benefited so much from what was an unbelievable pace meltdown in that derby. And it, we're just not seeing it here. We talked to uh, our guy. Uh, Randy Moss yesterday, he liked We the People over Nest. And obviously, those are the only two horses that I see in this field that have any, um, you know, general early speed, uh, you know, to speak of. Um, is that how you see this breaking down if you're going to go against Rich Strike at the top of the card? I mean, look, We the People drawn down on the inside coming off that big win in the Peter Pan looks like controlling speed. There's all the reasons to like this horse. Uh, my sort of rebuttal or, or concern would be at eight to five or two to one. This is a horse that if you take the Peter Pan out of his running lines, he's not fast enough to win the race. So you're banking on him replicating that effort. And look, maybe everything's just going to work his way. He's going to get out there, waltz on the front end and win by five. Entirely possible. I don't need to find out at eight to five. That to me doesn't do anything. Uh, (laughs) He is the most likely winner, I would say, just simply based on sort of tactical advantages that he may have. Uh, But I, I don't know that I'm in love with him at a super short price. As far as Nest is concerned, both she 
and Mo Donegal. They're trained by Todd Fletcher. I know a lot of people like Mo Donegal, understandably so. He's paired up career buyer tops of 96. I think he does move forward. Nest, she is bred to run all day long. Her dad, Curlin, lost to Rags to Riches in the Belmont in 2007. Rags to Riches was the last filly to win the Belmont. She was trained by Todd Pletcher. You got a lot of synergy here as far as Nest is concerned. Again, though, my concern is, at knowing that she's a filly against the boys, she's probably going to take a little more money than she should based on her merit. Um, she makes sense. I won't be surprised at all if she runs well and I sound like a broken record, but to me, this is a race with the exception maybe of golden glider. I won't be surprised if any of the other seven end up winning this race, because there are things that you can say are positive in their favor. And there are many negatives that you can bring up about each one of them. So it's a real interesting race. I won't be surprised if Todd's horses run well. He's a master at getting horses ready to run in the Belmont Stakes. Uh, I won't be going with either of them. I won't be going with We the People. Well, who's on your card, Matt? That's what I want to know. I'm trying to tail your plays. Look, I've heard enough people say that this horse has no chance to think you got to go the other way. Barbara Road is a horse that in the past has shown that he can be closer to the front. His recent races would suggest otherwise, but each one of those has come with a wicked pace signed on. And no, he's not built to go out there and run 46 and four to the half mile. But if the pace on Saturday is closer to 48 and four, he he's shown that he can lay a little bit closer. The blinkers come off and John Ortiz, his trainer an up and coming young trainer. I think he made a very, very shrewd move. Raylo Gutierrez has been his rider basically throughout his career. Really good young rider in New York. He made the move to Joel Rosario. Rosario is as good as it gets at getting a horse in position to win a race like the Belmont. He's won it on two occasions. He knows Belmont Park like the back of his hand. I, this is a little bit of a, a speculative play in that he needs to be closer than he's been recently. But I'm expecting a softer pace, and I think he's going to be a little bit closer. I have no doubt about the stamina. I think he can run all day long. And he's going to be 8 or 10 to 1. In a race where I don't think any one is a superstar, why would I get stuck into 8 to 5 or 2 to 1? I, he should be close to double digits. I'm going with Barbara Road for the upset. Ooh, upset. Okay. I like it. There's a lot of good races. There's a lot of money and a lot of purses uh, on this card overall beyond the Belmont Stakes itself. Uh, the other, yeah, I guess the, the, the undercard in terms of um, uh, second best race, I guess, is the Met Mile. Uh, however, there is a prohibitive favorite. Uh, is it worth taking on the, uh, the favorite in the Met Mile or is that the easy one to single on your pick five? I mean, it's probably the most interesting race from a, a spectator standpoint of the day. From a gambling standpoint, it might be the worst race because <laughs> it does look like a two-horse race. You've got Flightline down on the inside, Speaker's Corner breaking from post position number two. Uh, Flightline has been nothing short of magnificent in any of his three lifetime starts. But therein lies sort of the concern with this runner. Uh, he's run three times and he's a four-year-old. He's clearly a, a bit of an ouchie type. Doesn't get to the races very often. Last time we saw him was opening day at Santa Anita which is the day after Christmas. So, I mean, he's been gone for a minute. Yeah. But if he shows up and runs any of his first two or three races, I mean, he's probably just going to win. Having said that, if you are trying to go against him, the only viable alternative, I think, is Speaker's Corner. And again, you're not getting a great price on him. But don't mm -hmm. sleep on this horse, who's a perfect two-for-two two at Belmont Park, trained by the Hall of Famer Bill Mott. And his last run in the Carter, albeit with a very, very advantageous pace situation, was spectacular, was really close to what Flightline has been able to do. You have probably the two best one-turn horses in the country and arguably the world going head-to-head -head in this spot. It feels like a match race, no disrespect to the other three horses, but if it's not Flightline, it's Speaker's Corner, and if it's not Speaker's Corner, it's Flightline. I think it's going to be great to watch, probably a terrible betting race, but from a fan standpoint, I, I can't wait for it.
not getting any value with my exacta there, but you know what? I'll bet it anyway. Um, listen, Matt, you're busy. You're a new father. We know that. You have a lot of horse racing going on. You handicap Major League Baseball. And, of course, we have NHL going on. And that's where I go to you next. We have the Lightning taking on the Rangers. Game five, it's all tied up now. Lightning, our favorites on the road, despite the Rangers having not lost a home game in quite some time. Totals five and a half, juicy to the under. We'll see if this moves to five. How are you attacking this one at MSG? Have you guys ever handicapped a game or a series and the way it's all unfolding, you're, you're sitting there going, how could I have been so wrong about something? All the time. And then, and, Me? Well, but then, Never. No. But then, well, but then all of a sudden, <laughs> you look at the numbers a little bit more and you go, wait a minute, just because the result isn't actually panning out the way I thought it would, doesn't mean that the analysis was incorrect. The Lightning have dominated this series five on five. Even strength, they have been head and shoulders better than the Rangers. And I think that first game... Look, I'm guilty of it as well, getting a little bit caught up in the fact that the Rangers went out there and blitzed Tampa. and won 6-2. They look like a well-oiled machine. And look, they've been playing well. But I, I hate to call it ring rust at this point in the season, but Tampa looked like they were rusty in games one and two. Three and four. I mean, they have absolutely controlled things. And I think the big difference maker, we talked about it all year, the Rangers have been bailed out time and time again by Shesterkin. And he had an historic regular season and his postseason's arguably been even better. But when you have a guy like Andre Vasilevsky down the other end of the rink, the first two games, Vasilevsky wasn't good. Save percentage of 855. The last two games was what I thought we were going to get all along. He's got a save percentage of 954. If he continues to play this way and Tampa continues to control things, even strength five on five, I don't see a way for, for New York to win this thing, despite the fact that they've been outstanding at MSG. I expect the Garden to be rocking tonight. I just look at it and say Stamkos is playing well. Kucherov is playing well. Hedman's always dangerous on the blue line for Tampa. Vasilevsky looks like he's back in form. If they can stay out of the box, because that is New York's strength. They're very, very good on the man advantage. If Tampa plays a disciplined game, I, they are just so far superior to New York. And again, I, I early on, I'm looking at it going, they're down 2-0. How is this possible? Well, guess what? things are starting to level out. I, I think we, we've seen sort of a regression to the mean. Tampa's a better team. Tampa should win tonight. I don't love minus 125 in the money line. The puck line's tough for me to see with the way Shesterkin's gone and the way t uh, New York has played at home. But plus 205 is appealing. I'll probably go with minus 125 in the money line. But you know me. I, I'm always looking for plus money plays. But I, I just think Tampa gets it done. And I do genuinely think they have a big chance against Colorado if they get to the cup final. Okay, so basically, we just got to make sure that the NHL doesn't call up Scott Foster to bring him <laughs> in, so that the uh, the Rangers get the, the the penalties they need to put to force a game six here. Uh, I guess let's assume, for the sake of discussion, that be it five, be it in six or seven, that the Lightning move on to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. You just mentioned you think they have a shot against the Avs. Yeah, very much so, and especially at the prices available right now. Uh, clearly, it would be different if Tampa actually does get through the East, but you can find them over on points bet right now, plus 325 to win the Stanley Cup. And you take a look at Colorado, as impressive as they were sweeping Edmonton, there's a few things that go into that. A, Edmonton's had a problem with goaltending all season. You know, And Mike Smith caught a bit of a heater at the beginning of the playoffs, but all things considered, he's 40 years old. He kind of regressed back to what we expected from him at this point in his career. They are able to outscore teams, Colorado is. I don't know that if you got into a push comes to shove, two to one, three to one, one nothing kind of game. I don't know that Colorado is built to win that way. Whereas Tampa, I think, can win any way you want to play. You want to play high flying, up and down track meet, they can do that. You want to play defensive, kind of tighter, 
one nothing, two to one kind of game. Tampa can do that. We don't know what the story is with Darcy Kemper is uh, just yet for Colorado. Pavel Francis was good, but not spectacular. And even bringing up Kemper, Kemper's good, but not spectacular. I don't know that either of those goaltenders can pitch a shutout if they absolutely have to in crunch time. I have no doubt, even as good as Kale McCarr and McKinnon and Landeskog and the whole lot for Colorado is, I have no doubt Vasilevsky on his best can shut down anyone. So I just think if Tampa gets there, I think they get it done, which is part of the reason I'm interested in taking them plus 325 right now to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, you kind of have me sold right now. Abs are such big favorites, and I guess the one advantage they truly have will be the rest advantage. They've only played 16 games in the postseason. We know the Rangers have played long series, and now we'll see how this Lightning Ranger series does play out. In terms of tonight's game, 68% of the handle coming in on the under for game five. I like the lightning too. I'm going to get into that momentarily on my edge of the day. But for now, Matt is on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. Check out all of his content and coverage of the Belmont Stakes there on CNBC and NBC this Saturday. Matt, thank you as always. Thanks guys. Sorry about being on mute at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't want to give out his plays right away. Making sure that the lines aren't moving. No, I'm kidding, Matt. We love you. Okay, weekends are better with MLB. Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Athletics face the Guardians in Cleveland on Sunday, June 12th at 1130 a.m. Eastern. Live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win $25,000 on the game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. That time of the day on this Thursday, edge of the day, we wrap up the show with our best bets. It is grass season drill. What are we betting in tennis today? Well, uh, we're going for another overnight. Uh, there is still tennis in play right now as uh, be- you're not going to believe this, but uh, it rained in Europe again. What's going on in Germany? Another delay. Um, this is actually like uh, it's a painful reminder every time we get to grass season because the rain delays are such an integral part of the way grass season goes. Like, of like, just you got it. Like there will be some days in Wimbledon where you're like, are they even going to play today? Like, just give me five, you know, just give me one hour of like clear skies, please. Um, they at least have a roof now on center court at Wimbledon. So we'll get uh, some matches every day, but yeah, no Stuttgart is winding down into the quarterfinals and we have one of our quarterfinals. Uh, clearly set up for tomorrow. And I'm not sure if you noticed, but it is our guy, Lorenzo Sonigo, taking on Matteo Berrettini. This is an awesome, awesome head-to-head here. Uh, we have two Italian players with uh, very, very high grades on grass. Matteo Berrettini, uh, obviously last year's Wimbledon finalist after a superlative run um, at the All England Lawn Tennis and Croquet Club, uh, taking on Lorenzo Sonigo, who is eight and three on grass over the last year. Uh, and I think this is going to be a very closely contested match. Berrettini is the better player ultimately, but has not had the reps. Uh, really, he missed all of Clay's season with the hand injury uh, and uh, definitely did not see a ton of mm-hmm. kind of fluidity or timing on his serve in his opening round win over Radu Albert. Uh, he should have beaten Abbott uh, 6-0, 6-0. Uh, that's generally the quality of player I, I kind of grade Abbott 
Albert. Uh, but uh, fundamentally, I think Berrettini still needs more matches to get up to full speed, and I would not expect him to be um, able to keep up with the Lorenzo Sanigo, whose grass form right now looks absolutely awesome. I think Sanigo, frankly, is on title watch here in Stuttgart, um, and I'm, I'm a little bit hopeful that Sanigo wins this match. Berrettini has a little bit of time off. Uh, before Queens next week, where I would make Berrettini the meaningful favorite to take home that title. Um, but Sonigo at plus 154 on the money line is a bettable number by my uh, numbers. Uh, so this opened in the plus 180 range. It's been betting aggressively off the open already, but I think plus 154 is still a fair play. Um, my number is plus 135 for Sonigo. So anything better than that, I'm putting that in my pocket on the money line. And I think Sonigo can win some tie breaks, dispatch Berrettini, uh, and uh, Berrettini then is going to be circled next week in Queens. Okay, so it was plus 160 when you got involved, now plus 150 for the quarterfinals for tomorrow. We're getting involved with the hashtag wake and cash. Let's go, Sonigo. All right, listen up. I need to bet something tonight. Not a lot going on. You heard me earlier. I'm going to the Lightning Rangers game, and I am taking Tampa Bay on the money line, so I was super excited that Matt Bernier was in agreement, and I hope I'm not a hockey mush. I know I did win my last play in this series with the under for game four, but here's what I got. I think home ice and the dominance we've seen does end tonight. I know the Rangers have been so spectacular at home, and it does kind of feel like to me the better goalie, not only game by game, but in the series overall is going to win this series, and hence Andre Vasilevsky is the pick for me just because I'm riding his hot hand and what he's done over the last two games. Yes, in Tampa have been tremendous. Just three goals on 65 shots. There's a few injuries to keep an eye on for the Rangers side tonight. But overall, we've talked about this a tundra over the last week. The Lightning have now gained momentum. The Rangers had a chance to put them away. We're now tied up series 2-2. We know the Lightning have experience. I think they go for the three-peat. I think they win the series, and I think they get the win tonight. I laid the juice, minus 125 on the money line. Crucial game five. That is my edge of the day. Best of luck. Did you bet the Rangers? No, but I'm nervous for you on the Lightning and the Lightning in general here. Listen up. Um, I'm not a hockey capper. I like to watch the playoffs. And I haven't seen any I like sharp, to have money involved. I haven't seen any sharp action either way, but this feels like an under, another under spot. I'm surprised you didn't go right back to the It was minus 150 here. for um, under five and a half, and I just do not want to get involved with that. Here's what I'm hoping, because I didn't bet any of this game yet, but I will be watching it, and I'll probably try to, try to find a live under. I am hopeful that the Rangers can get on the board somewhat early. Um, and then the game, then the, the mat, you know, the, the entire game pivots to Tampa Bay and comeback mode, which I think favors the under, uh, live under if we can get it in the six. There's a fun look. Uh, you can get under range. one and a half goals in the first period that I stared at for a little Ooh. bit. I think it was minus 115, minus 120 as of early this morning. If you like playing a little tense series tied, if you look at how they've done in the last two games, slower start. Yeah, okay. this feels this feels like uh, goals are going to be at a premium. I I am perfectly fine uh, expecting um, you know in general uh, you know first to three probably wins. Um, and so yeah, uh, under it would be my look here and uh, in the live total know, market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know I'm biased too because I want to see the the lightning win in seven. I bet that at whatever stupid number that was. So. Like plus three thirty or something. It was a big one. Yeah, it was a big. Okay, one. well you know what. We'll see how this plays out. I laid it minus 125 with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Everyone knows I need to bet something when it's a night like this, not much going on. So that's my play. I look forward to watching your tennis match whenever this goes off with the rain situation. And we will be back here tomorrow on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel, Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern. 
Virgil Dinsick and all of us here with NBC Sports Edge. Thanks for watching. I'm Sarah Broman. Best of luck with all your bets. We'll see you guys tomorrow. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.